Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. Today, I am joined by Annette, friend of the show, friend of mine, and Norwegian, to talk about Nordic horror. Oh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I have too. I have kind of been wanting to do something like this. And I think the only thing that was keeping me back was that I wanted to talk someone from the area who would yeah. have cultural insight right. into this. That so yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Absolutely. Because um, I've noticed even recently there's been a lot of horror coming out of that area, that part of the world. Uh, yeah, I think so, because um, I think it might have something to do with the general boom that's been happening, mm -hmm. especially in the United States. I think that's opened up for uh, Nordic authors to also, you know, throw their hat in the ring. I think it's, I think there's a much bigger market just globally for horror. And that's, that's good mm -hmm. news for all of us, to be honest. Yeah, at least for them to, I guess, embrace the genre fully. Because I feel like there's kind of always been darker stories from that part of the world like people love oh. nordic noir and its reputation mm -hmm. is that it is like hardcore like if you're like a a so-so crime thriller fan like nordic noir is yeah. dark oh, it's really dark i i, I mean i <laughs> i want to just you know be honest about the fact that i haven't read many or any <laughs> nordic noir thrillers <laughs> But I have seen some TV shows, some films, and yeah. it's really dark. I mean, it's when you think about it, it's it's basically its own like horror subgenre because it's. I mean, they deal with human monsters, like really horrifying acts and like you know dark stuff. So yeah, I agree. Interesting. I think something that gets brought up and people think is interesting is that kind of the nordic countries tend to rank fairly high on the happiness <laughs> scale <laughs> and they also tend to produce such a dark content Absolutely. i mean it's i've been giving this some thought um for making this episode and i think i think honestly that the fact that we have these really dark um cold pretty much depressing winners and then the other end of that scale we have these super bright summers where you can hardly sleep at night because it's it's really really bright out i think there's this duality in that there's because i mean during winter um it gets gradually darker and darker and it depends of course on where you live like how far north you live you live above the arctic circle it's gonna get i mean you don't see the sun you the sky might get like this dark bluish color maybe uh but you don't see the sun maybe weeks over christmas and that's that's uh, pretty intense where i live we get um maybe four hours of sunlight during that time wow and when you flip that on his head we get four hours of semi-darkness during the winter at night so i mean there's this yeah i think i think that's a very good point i haven't thought about that but you have this like you know peaceful um 
socially stable, safe, happy people. And then there's a lot of dark stuff going out as well. I think that has a lot to do maybe with that um, that um, duality. Uh, <laughs> I could see that living in those extremes, those polar yeah, absolutely <laughs> polar I mean, environments. You, no one gets their clothes off faster than Nordic people when you get a tad of sunshine in the spring. You've been in this hibernation. I mean, you've been it. It does feel like a hibernation. You go into this like, I guess, survival mode. Mm-hmm. And then you do your best to, you know, do the higge thing and blankets and uh, lights and candles. And then when summer comes, it's like, you know. Everyone's an outdoors person. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. So, yeah, that definitely leads into, like, why there's a love for horror. And I think one of the things we talked about earlier was when I did the the holiday episode and I talked about mummers and you reached oh out and talked about that over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we call it Jurebok. I think that's a phenomenon across a few of the Nordic countries, especially in Norway and Sweden. And I'll have done this. But so the concept is that you dress up you go to people's stores, you sing a bit, you know, entertain them, sing some carols maybe, and then they give you candy. At least that was the thing when I was growing up. Not a lot of people did it back then either. But cute kids, you know, dressing up, singing, everything is very cute um, and wholesome. But if you go back and look at these pictures from when, maybe like a hundred years ago, you were terrifying. It's, you know, people with, with uh, pillowcases on their heads and, you know, painting and oh, it's really disturbing. I mean, <laughs> you'll have to send some of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to, it's the same kind of thing. Like if you Google the thing you were talking about, the mummers from, was it Nova Scotia? Yeah, was somewhere, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was it was in an anthology. It was Sean and Maguire's story. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, yeah. the. Um... Um, Hark the Herald yes. Angels Scream. It was the opening story. Yes, I read that too. That was terrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, so uh, nowadays, or at least when I was a kid, it was kids singing for candy, but back then it was grown-ups singing for liquor. That's that's weird. Yeah. Just yeah. hardcore. I think in the story it was absinthe too, which is like Ooh. hardcore. Wow. <laughs> Like, yeah, because everyone keeps a bowl of absinthe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets the job done, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, it's also a culture with a lot of, like, fairy tales and mythology and, and rich stories, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we kind of have the same thing as um, in Germany, the Brothers Grimm collecting mm-hmm. stories. I'm sure in the other um, Nordic countries, they have maybe something similar. But in Norway, it was these two guys, Asbjörnsen and Mu, who went around and collected stories. And they are, most of them are pretty dark. I mean, it's this is grim stuff. So what you need to know about, especially, and again, I'm I'm speaking particularly as a Norwegian here, because that's 
that's kind of the culture I know the most about in the Nordic countries. But um, Norwegian folklore is a big mix of things left over from the Norse mythology and all these creatures like fairies, trolls, gnomes, and a bunch of others. Um, they kind of represent this, this, this uh, you know, nature, chaos, uh, nature, the, the power of nature, all of that. Um, and then you have Christianity. And the two of them kind of intercept in the folklore of this country. And um, there are so many stories where, like, these these creatures, they they tempt people whether you're a man or a woman you know stay away from the the lake because there's a monster living at the bottom of it and it will drag you down or if you're a man you know look out for huldra who's this pretty kind of troll-like creature who will um you know ensnare you and then you have christianity which is of course made into the saving power, so to speak, against these uh, natural forces. And they are a part, I mean, all these creatures and forces, they're a part of the Norwegian fairy tales, Scandinavian fairy tales. Um, but you also get, like, fairy tales about people who encountered the devil. Uh, you know, the devil playing a fiddle and then Looking down, you can see he has these split hooves. So that's how you can tell it's a devil. And so there's this mixture of the old yeah. and, I guess, the new in yeah. Christianity. Um, I can tell you a few examples of really messed up fairy tales. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so there is one called, in Norwegian, it is called Kering Amotströmmen. It's sort of like the old woman or the hag against the current. And it's about a man and a woman. This man cannot stand his wife because she is very contrarian. He disagrees with everything he says. So he kills her. And he throws her in the um, river. <laughs> and he goes back home. He's like, oh, you know, I'm rid of her. Thank God. But then he realizes, maybe I should give her a proper burial. So he goes back to the river, goes down stream to get her body. But she's not there. She, he can't find her. Where is she? And it turns out she has floated upstream because she's such an, a contrarian woman. <laughs> and this is the kind of stuff that, you know, I was told this story when I was a kid. This is messed up. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like I am not floating down. Even in death. Yeah. To yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. That's one of them. I love that. <laughs> I know in my conversation with Jonas Bo, I think it was your question. You had asked yeah, about was. Norwegian history as an influence on his books and he brought up um World War Two. So do you see that a lot? in the in the media in like the books and stuff things about the war absolutely yes i mean in the broader media um it's especially movies like making movies um first been made 
so many movies based on things that happened during the war, uh, Second World War. Maybe like the last 25 years. There's been so many. So out of the... Uh, from what I know about the Nordic countries during the Second World War, Norway and Denmark were both occupied by Nazi forces. They were there for five years. This made a really big impression. I mean, on people, on the, you know, I can speak as a Norwegian, on the nation itself. And after the war, the sense of having persevered and survived this was a big part of, you know, the national zeitgeist going forward. And what you see in most movies that are made today from that time, it's almost always centered around the uh, resistance, people who, you know, fought hard in one way or another to overcome this. Um, and I, and I'm looking at when I was trying to get a list together of Nordic horror literature. What I did see was many middle grade stories. Yeah, dealt with um, the Second World War. Like I, I passed a book on display at my local library. I think I sent you a photo of this, and you could tell the the front of the book is like this super zoomed in photo of a Nazi officer, and there's this. So, I mean, I didn't read the, um, the cover of the book, but I mean, it's just an example that the, the war is used as, you know, background for a lot of stories that are being told. That being said, it is, it has been 80 years since the end of the war. So, um, it's not, it's not a big part of like everyday life thinking about what happened back then, but it is definitely, you know, made its mark. And if you yeah, look around. Sure you'll you'll see traces of it. So it makes a lot of sense to me that um all these sort of inherited experiences make their way into movies, TV, books. Yeah. Definitely. I wanted to ask, because I'm sure people are going I'm sure some people know, but I'm sure some listeners will want clarification on what I guess counts under Nordic versus Scandinavian. Yes. So Scandinavia is Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and the Nordic countries, um, that is Scandinavia as well as Finland and Iceland. Okay. Yeah. So the Nordic countries is uh, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, and Iceland. Okay. Well, should we talk about some Nordic horror movies yes it's one of my picks for a book but i think probably one of the most famous uh swedish horror movies is the film adaptation for let the right one in yes absolutely i think i saw i don't know if it was rue morgue or fangoria posted that it was the anniversary week of it premiering at a film festival this week Oh yeah, how old is it? Oh, I want to say it's. I'm gonna say 2007, but I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it is it similar? Can I ask? Is it similar? It's it's the same. 
I guess it's the same spot as the book does. Yes, I would say it's it's very close. Um, I would say the book has some darker elements. Ellie's familiar. The old man has a lot of um, scenes that were not included. And it's like, right. I haven't seen the movie in a bit. So it is hinted that he is a... a pedophile child predator mm -hmm. but there is uh the book goes into that a little bit more so it okay. is a fair bit darker yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then you sent me the trailer for handling the undead is that out yet yes it, well it has um i think it was i think it premiered at sundance the 20 on the 26th of january okay. and it's doing like the festival circuit Ooh, it looks really good <sighs> looks so good and it's been getting really good reviews actually mm -hmm. following the filmmakers on Instagram. i'll have to try to read it before it comes out because that's another um adaptation of his and what was the pronunciation for his last name because i've been oh it's um so it's jon aivida lindqvist jon aivida lindqvist yes okay. i'm sure john is fine as well <laughs> I've been saying Joe Nesbo, and I know that that's not quite how it's pronounced. Right, that's um, you. <laughs> Ooh, okay. You. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to try to read Handling the Undead. I think yeah. I'm... Have you read anything else by him? I uh, know, that was my first... I mean, that was a good... Which, that was my first book. I'll talk about it later, but yeah. Yeah. I think I think um yeah I'm really looking forward to the adaptation. I think it's gonna be very very good. Yeah, because it looks like a zombie story. Mm -hmm. It looks emotionally devastating, which I love. Yes, same. <laughs> oh man, slow, devastating stories. Yes, I love it. A movie I saw mentioned a lot last year was Speak No Evil. I know that made its rounds on Shudder. It's like a mm -hmm. Danish horror movie. And you know what? It is effective. Um, mm -hmm. I was screaming at the screen. I just, <laughs> it made me feel a lot of things. Because these people get themselves into situations because they just don't want to be rude. And I'm like, right. be rude. Yeah. Survive. <laughs> I think it's like I... It's um it's difficult to sort of see yourself from the outside if you know what I mean, but I mean to kind of understand the dynamics um of your culture. But yes, um, not being verbal about your needs, I think, is a big thing in you know some of the Nordic countries. It's very much like don't uh don't be a burden yeah don't make a thing out of it don't you know if you're uncomfortable don't show it don't you know mm -hmm. so that's that sounds sounds better <laughs> uh, it was just a movie that made me feel a lot so i could see why people talked about it because i'm like yeah you're gonna be feeling something <laughs> by the end of it irritation i guess <laughs> devastation irritation it's just like a mix of like just be <laughs> um i know that innocence is big but i didn't get around to watching it before this episode but i heard really good things yeah um no me neither unfortunately i didn't get around to see it either but um 
looks good. Creepy kids with powers. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ritual. It's another yes. big, big Netflix one. That was such a good movie, too. I still have not read the book. No, I have. That was really good. I, um, I, I went into it. I watched it for the first time a couple of years back, but I, I don't think I knew what I was getting into. I think for me, the scariest bit in the beginning was the guy who, and this isn't like a spoiler or anything, but it's kind of what sets up the whole story. They're on a trip, on a hiking trip in Sweden, and this one guy hurts his leg. And they decide to take a shortcut through the dark Swedish woods, which sounds like a great idea. And no. he, my goodness, this man with this swollen, hurt knee trying to get through the undergrowth. Oh, that is terrifying. And that's not even getting into like what the thing is about this story. So, yeah. There's just, there's so many things. Well, it's also like, it's just the three of them, right? It used to be. Four, and then oh, one yeah. of them died in a convenience store and so one yeah. of them has like survivor's guilt and then the other two maybe mm-hmm. kind of blame yeah you know the other guy for not doing anything so it's like mm-hmm. this thing hanging over all of them and this was something they're doing because it was what he wanted so they're kind of doing this like in remembrance of him mm-hmm. and just their personalities clashing ah it's such good survival horror it's such good okay. grief horror and then that's not even getting to like they get to a cabin and then it gets like weird yes <laughs> like i remember watching it thinking like oh it's gonna be just like survival horror mm-hmm. things and i'm like oh this took a turn this is now extra dark yes yeah oh man Oof. yeah um and then one I wa- one I watched a few years ago on Shutter was Lake Bodom, which I believe is Finnish. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh this was one of those movies where I I like how they use the Finnish forests and like wilderness mm-hmm. as the spooky element. Um and it was absolutely a movie where I thought to myself like okay, this is very, you know, it's a straightforward type slasher, which is fine, but you know, I didn't feel like it did anything new. And then the first third markets, and it did something new. And I was, I thought that was really cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has like that um, premise of like, you know, so many years ago at this camping spot like teenagers were murdered which i guess was based on a real story a real thing that happened um, yes that's it says here it's inspired by but not based on the lake boda murders that happened in 1960 in espoo finland mm-hmm. yeah wow. that's um that's that's spooky i wasn't sure if that was just like a device in the beginning or if it was actually so I, I wanted to mention this one title. It's a Danish movie. Um, It's called When Animals Dream. It's a new take on the werewolf trope set to uh, a small community in Denmark. It kind of mixes in these, you know, the idea of men controlling women. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say anything else because I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything, but I recommend it. 
I'll have to check that out. I think we got to mention Midsummer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I I love that it is just daylight horror. It's that yeah. that summer horror where you say there's hardly any night. Mm. So every yeah. all these awful things that are happening are happening in just these bright, beautiful like yeah. backdrops. Yeah. Which we always associate with safety. Absolutely. Yes. You know, being invited into this, you know, commune and, you know, food, um, a warm bed. So there's other stuff happening, happening as well. I also had a lot of fun with Troll Hunter because I do, mm-hmm. I do love a found footage. And found footage creature is not one you see often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like how it goes back to like these old uh, fairy tales because trolls feature heavily in Norwegian fairy tales and it's I like I, yeah I just like how they made it into almost almost this kind of procedural action thing where they follow this troll on a rampage from the Norwegian mountains down to the capital yeah it was really good yeah I love that I feel like a lot of Nordic stories that I I read or that I encounter do have some type of a procedural element to them in some way even in I believe I'm not the right one in like there is also like a someone looking into a string of murders that is happening yeah absolutely um I think I think maybe just the procedural in itself is like a really good vehicle to tell a story yeah, I mean, you for the most part, you you can tell both the story, but also the story of the investigator. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think, but also the fact that you know Nordic noir crime has been such a big thing for yeah a long time, like since the nineties, is what I from what I know. That's sort of when it became a thing so i think i think that's so established that when you go into creating something like horror or horror adjacent it's kind of this you know it's a predictable uh safe in the sense that it seems familiar to the viewer or the reader but you can do so much with it so I think that's that has yeah. a lot to do with it. So I watched the Icelandic film Lamb the other day, which I really liked. Um, it is beautifully shot. Like the Icelandic nature is just breathtaking. Um, it follows a couple who live on a sheep farm, and one day one of their sheep gives birth to a half human half sheep um baby i yeah you can't see my face right now (laughs) shock so what they do uh is that they adopt this baby to raise her as their own daughter uh and the story in itself is I thought the story was good. The acting was great. But I could not decide 
Splinter, I thought the baby, the hybrid baby, was very cute, but just super creepy. <laughs> because you can tell that she's played by a actual human child, maybe you know, taller, maybe three years old. But just she's very cute. The way she walks around, you know, a little taller, so make these little you know, sounds. But she has a lamb's head, CGI lamb's head. And she has one human hand. She has a little lamb's leg for the other hand. Oh, I mean, just thinking about it just gives me chills. I I could not. Yeah, you see her. I'm looking. Face. I'm looking at pictures right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking. I really struggle. I was so torn. He was very cute, and the CGI face. You know, if you can say it acted well, it really did. But I, um, it was an experience. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than a hundred and fifty thousand audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, Check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer. You get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. All right, well, should we get to some books? Yes, please. Okay. I am going to bring up one of my favorites. I think it's been a while since I've mentioned it as a pick. <laughs> um, but when I started the podcast in the early days, I was told that I brought this book up too much. But you know what? It has been a few years. It has. So we are talking about Let the Right One In by Jan Ayuvida Lindqvist. Yes, I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is about a boy named Oscar who is severely bullied. And I think of all the movies and books I've seen, the bullying in this is like mm. next level bullying. Like it is severe bullying. Yeah. Um, and he makes friends with um, a reclusive child that also lives in his apartment complex named Ellie who kind of only seems to come out at night I would say that is the main thread of the story that we are following in the background there is a string of murders where there's just like corpses being found with no blood um those scenes there's also like this is a i'm gonna say right now this is a freezer book like mm -hmm. there are so many scenes that have stayed with me from this 
story and i think the uh, the the murders and the the bloodletting from these bodies they are described um and ellie being this child vampire who is this friend to oscar but then you see what they're capable of is a lot and i mean there's like I said, the main thread is Oscar and Ellie. There's also like the kids that are bullying him. There's also like a police officer that's looking into this murders. There's like a group of friends who get affected by Ellie. There's Ellie's familiar. There's uh, Oscar's relationship with you know his divorced parents. Like there's so many threads and they all come together and... I think almost all of them just have some emotional devastation on all fronts, on all of those threads. Yeah. It's just such a masterful story. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've, I don't think I mentioned it, but I haven't read this book, but I have, like we talked about seeing the movie and it's just, if it's anything like the movie, I'm, you know. It's a pretty close adaptation. I, haven't done like I think when I watched the movie it had been a year or two since I read the book but I felt like it hit like the main points you get you get everything and that movie is beautifully shot Mm -hmm. and I think my one of my favorite shots is towards the end in the pool like just masterful cinematography people that have seen the movie will know exactly what I'm talking about yeah that's really well done yeah so that is my first pick. That is Let the Right One In by John Aivida Lindqvist. Mm-hmm. So my first pick is um, a short story collection called Swedish Cults by Anders Fager. Um This collection consists of interconnected short stories. Um, it's It's one of those where I'm gonna read what it says on Goodreads just to summarize the stories because I don't want to like get into it because it'll you know, might ruin the experience for for someone listening. But uh, it's Lovecraftian. It's set to Sweden and also a little bit of Norway. Um, I thought it was very very well written. It was you know uncomfortable, frightening, interesting. Um, there's a lot of gore. You know, if you read the first story and you think, okay, this is for me, then you know what you're in for. But that first story was like, oof. Um, so, and there's also a lot of, I want to mention, there's a lot of rough sexual situations, sort of unhealthy power dynamics. So I just want to, you know, say that check trigger warnings if you feel you need to do that so a very short description of a few of the stories is this forget everything you think you know about sweden in Andersfager's stories sweden is revealed as a place where dark and unimaginable things happen where deep in the woods bloody sacrifices are made to ancient and monstrous deities where two young people's road trip to visit their grandmother takes a turn for the bizarre and nightmarish where a woman's comfortable middle-class life is suddenly upended when her boyfriend develops 
a mysterious illness that leaves him with a constant erection and speaking in strange tongues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where an avant-garde artist discovers the veil that separates Stockholm from the shadowy city of Arcosta. This, I, I really liked it, but it had a couple of very disturbing scenes and kind of threads throughout. Um, so I am going to rate this as Fridge. Um, and that is Swedish Cults by Anders Hage. Yeah. Yeah, this really works. Um, I didn't realize that they would be, but it really, really worked. So. Sounds good. I love interconnected short stories. Okay, my next pick is a book that came out last year. Uh, it is The Night House by Hugh Nesbo. And this is a tough story to talk about because it is so multi-layered. So I will talk about the first layer of this story where we're following a boy who, in the wake of his parents' death, has been sent to live with his grandparents in an insular town called Valentine. He earns kind of a reputation as an outcast and you see he has a very prickly personality and he is hanging out with this boy and they see a phone booth and they decide to go like make prank phone calls and he eggs the boy on and the boy goes in there and you know picks a name out of the phone book and makes a prank phone call and he's watching the boy make this call and he watches as that boy is like almost like liquefied like into blood and sucked into the phone i'm like how <laughs> what what do you even do like what is the protocol after you see something like that and so you know now there's this yeah. missing boy the police are questioning him and obviously no one is believing this he got sucked into the phone mm. i'm sorry <laughs> story um you know he's he's an outsider he is a kid already that has this reputation and now he's the last person to have seen this boy alive and then another boy goes missing and again it's a weird circumstance and he is also like yeah. the last person to see him alive and that is like the first few chapters and then it's like like another layer to the story and it's like 10 years later like it's just i can't get into too much because it just is when you have to like go in and read but um this was um the book that he came on the podcast um that yonas book came on the podcast to talk about and it is his first novel that is advertised as a like horror story that it's not um noir it is like has supernatural elements like we are playing like this is horror which was really interesting uh i would say this is a fridge there was just a lot of a lot of scenes that were like what is happening in this story right now so that is the night house by you nespo so my next pick um my second pick is paradise rot by yenny val um this I think this book is a little hard for me to explain, um, but it is it is a gothic, slow-paced kind of p 
fever dreamish type story. I liked it a lot. It is only, I think, 120 pages. It's very short, but I really liked it. Um, the story follows a young Norwegian uh, woman uh, named Jo. She is an exchange student. It's never stated, but I, I think it might be Australia. Joe has this type of sensitivity sort of to the world, this particular way of reading her surroundings, um, processing her surroundings. Um, she moves in to an apartment with another young woman named Carol, uh, and this apartment used to be a brewery. Um, and throughout the story, there is this blossoming attraction between the two women and the sense of the fever dream just gets bigger and bigger. The uh, the house itself starts living its own life. Things start growing. Things start rotting. It's very gothic in that sense. Yeah. Um, there's also this like blurring lines between dreams and wakefulness. You know what's real, what's not real. Um, sort of the sense of you know loss of identity, loss of reality. Uh, I really liked it. I would definitely um, rate this as room temperature. Um, but for all of that, it was just an experience. I very much recommend it. So that is um, Paradise Rock by Yenival. I had to check that out. I was telling you earlier, I have her book, Girls Against God, on my yeah. shelf that I've heard mm -hmm. good stuff about. And you read that one too, right? No, I haven't, oh. actually. I, well, I started... Um, I started it on audio, but it wasn't, you know, I put it aside, maybe later. It's a very, <laughs> it was, um, I think it's a very different book to just a few chapters that I read of Girls Against God. Um, it was very different. It's more of a um, sort of artistic, experimental mm. type book, um, which apparently works because I, I hear good things about it. But yeah, I just put it aside for now. Okay, and I for I did not mention on my books, um, but Let the Right One In is Swedish and The Night House is Norwegian. So my last pick is Icelandic and it is I Remember You by Irsa Sigurdat Dortir. This is a ghost story, which I really enjoyed. Another story where like the setup, um, I'm just looking at these characters like what are you doing? In what world is this a good idea? Uh, but it's these three friends plan to renovate this house and they uh, buy this house on this island where people go to vacation and it's run down and they go there at the beginning of winter when nobody's there. I'm like, that seems like the worst time to renovate a house and you're a like literally no one is on the island like they are on the island alone and the book opens up with like someone on a boat dropping them off you know explaining like you understand like nobody is here like it's not too late to turn around I'll take you back it's not a problem 
And they're like, oh, no, like, we've we've got it. We've got some food rations. You know, he's talking about how, like, how did you even buy a house? Like, the houses here are usually passed down generationally. It's really not something that houses like this go on the market a lot. Like, I'm just very curious about these circumstances. And they're like, oh, we bought that house up there. I think it was a priest's house. And he's like, what makes you say that? He's like, because there's crosses everywhere. And he's like, oh, that's not. That was not a priest's house. Um, and oh, that house. You know what? I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna go. <laughs> you guys good? I'm oh leaving. <laughs> Which is the setup for this story? That is like, they go there, and sure enough, there's like a cemetery there. There is crosses everywhere. Like the dynamic between the three friends uh, starts mm-hmm. breaking down. Like there's no cell service where they're at. They have to hike up to like a mountain to get like any cell service at all like in what world was this a good idea like it's just one of those where i'm like what are you doing and of course like thing unexplicable things start happening they hear things that aren't there like doors are left open like it's just like ghostly happenings that is one side of the story the other narrative is a, a police officer who is actually he's a medical examiner but he is um looking into um, trigger warning for suicide but an an old lady hung herself in a church in a town where she doesn't live and she had like Mm. a weird list and nothing about this makes sense you know he's like interviewing the family they're like this just seems extremely out of character for her and you know she didn't even live in this town like it seems odd that she would drive to a separate town to a church she did not attend and do this mm-hmm. and that is like just the beginning of the weirdness there as he looks into it and then you find out that he had a son that went missing and maybe this somehow ties into that mm-hmm. somehow it's just it was twisty yeah how long is it uh uh 391 pages okay yeah it's a yeah. little under 400 and it did have a movie adaptation which i did not bring up oh yeah 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 i saw that somewhere i have not watched the movie probably should have mentioned that up top in the movies but i literally just thought of that right now i'm like you know what it does have a movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean just just seeing all those crosses you know it might be a hint to not go into that building you would think that people took that as a hint but yeah i guess not i feel like we don't see like ghost stories often and this was advertised as like i remember you a ghost story so yeah. i appreciate that and also had a procedural angle we always have to have yeah. yes <laughs> no um i agree like this actually just you know stating this is this is actually a ghost story i kind of like that there's there's this charming element to it you know there's this book you know what you're getting into and yeah yeah also we didn't bring up you said your copy of let the right one in is shelved as a crime thriller yes it is it says uh in the top right corner it says um thriller crime thriller of the year or something like that and nowhere does it say that this is a horror story uh, i mean there are crime elements of course yeah, but, but i mean there's a vampire yeah a little bit. there's a vampire in it yeah that's horror 
I don't know. Like my grandma loves a crime thriller, and I'm telling you, if my grandmother picked up <laughs> let the right one in, she would be furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't sign up for a, you know, twelve year old vampire or whatever. <laughs> no, but I, I honestly think that um because the crime thrillers are so huge in the Nordic countries. I think that as a writer, you might get a bigger audience. Yeah, basically, if you you know, if you have a little bit of procedural mm-hmm. in your story, you can get a huge audience by labeling it as friendship. Yeah, so I get that, but you know, it casts a wider more. net. It does. Yeah. Okay, so my third pick is handling the undead. By Jon Ayvide Lindqvist. Uh, this book broke my heart, to be honest. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! I this is the first and only book that I've read by him, um, and it. Uh, so the story follows three groups of people during this heat wave in Stockholm, in Sweden. Um, and something happens that causes the recently dead to come back in their bodies, their dead bodies. Um, it is a new take on the zombie trope, and I really like what this did. Um, they're not the typical type zombies. They don't, you know, go for the brain. They don't run. They're not fast zombies, they're not slow zombies, they're just, you know, this is grief horror. And it is, they are a vehicle to explore grief and loss and love uh, and just being able to let go when you lose someone. Yeah. Um, it's just, I really, really like this. It just ripped my heart out. It, um, it's incredibly well written. It it has this sort of I don't know how you found it when you read um, Let the Right One In, but he has this way of writing these almost in this sweet matter of factly way. These horrible things, like yeah. just heartbreaking, horrible things, and he just states them like this is what it is to lose someone. This is how it feels. This is what happens um, and these everyday mundane things that just makes it even more painful yeah. uh, and I, so for me um, it was I felt so many things reading this book I felt you know it just hit me when he described all these different things that are just you know universal but still it might be Something you you yourself haven't experienced, but just reading about it was just so heartbreaking. Like there is this scene pretty early on in the book where a man is remembering back to his six year old grandson's funeral, mm. and he <laughs> he is t- like he's thinking back on his grandson in the coffin wearing his favorite pajamas, and I burst into tears yeah it was so painful i mean he just 
this is what I like about this writer, this book, is that he just, he is brave enough to look at the most terrifying things. I mean, loss, yeah, losing someone, losing a child, that is brutal. And he just, he takes it out, he looks at it, tells a story and it's incredibly well done. Um, on the other side of that, there are the things that I found very disturbing is the fact that, you know, there are, there are some things in life that's just a fact. Like, when someone's dead, they don't return. That's something we all live with. Yeah. But this, see, like, reading about these dead people sitting back up and just with, like, these milky eyes starting to talk and this, like, weird voice that shouldn't be there. I mean, that was deeply disturbing. Yeah. And it, I felt he did that very, very well. It was, um, it was a great book. I very much recommend it. Um, and I was thinking that I wanted to put it in room temperature. But it had, but I mean, these moments that either de- dealt with just crushing grief and on the other side, um, animated dead, uh, both of those things were written so well and made me feel, you know, it hit something in me that those moments to me were uh, fridge, uh, sorry, freezer worthy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm meeting in the middle. So I am writing this a fridge book. Okay, well that's good to know going in. My heart's gonna be ripped out. Oh, so much. I kind of got a little bit of that from the trailer, but it sounds like yeah. there's even more to it. Oh man, yeah. I think um, it looks like they've really, you know, they found the main thing about the story and translated that well into film seems like so that's um, Handling the Undead by Jom Aivide Lindqvist I will have to read that eventually you said you had other books you wanted to talk about too yes um, the first one I read that I wanted to mention was um, The Healer by Ampati Tuomainen. He's a Finnish writer. It's this is a this is a procedural um, crime story. It follows a man who is desperately looking for his wife, his journalist wife, who has um, disappeared while investigating a serial killer. And what makes this a horror story is that it is set in apocalyptic. Helsinki, the capital of Finland. It is, I mean, the dread that comes from that apocalyptic setting is very well written, I thought. Um, it's all climate change horror, really. So it's it's basically, things have started going really off the rails because of climate change. There are floods, there are thousands of refugees coming from the south of Europe up to the Nordic countries. Rich people in the Nordic countries are fleeing to the you know, northernmost parts of the countries. Um, societal structures are collapsing. 
can't get any help from the police because they're barely holding on uh, if he has DNA results he needs help with. You know, maybe he'll get an answer in six months. Who knows? So that bit of it was really spooky. Like, things are really falling apart. So that's a good one. That's um, The Healer by Anti um, uh, Tuomainen. I started um, The Lost Village by Camilla Sten. Um, she's a Swedish writer. It follows a young woman named Alice and a group of people who are scouting ahead of shooting a documentary. They're going to this um, small mining town, abandoned mining town in the north of Sweden, uh, where people, six years ago, everyone just disappeared. No one knows what happened. And she has a connection to that place because her grandmother was from there. She left that place before this happened. Um, and then there's a split narrative where you you follow the people of the city, of the town, sorry, uh, in the months leading up to this disappearance. And there are also letters from her uh, grandmother um, as part of her research for the documentary. I'm about halfway through and it is very good. I highly recommend it. I, um, I saw that the prompt for it was... Um, Blair Witch Project meets Midsummer, and I am feeling those both of those things. And mm. yeah, it's very good so far. I've been meaning to read that because that comp pulled yeah. me in right away. Um, and oh, I forgot to talk to you about this. There's um, upcoming with Tor Nightfire and Icelandic Horror. Oh, yeah, I did see that. The night, yes. Yeah, by Hildur Notstotir. It looks um, really good. I pulled up the Tor Nightfire thing. It says, what is happening yeah. when Idun is asleep? Why is she waking up with increasingly disturbing injuries? And why won't anyone believe her? And it's just like a wine glass, and it looks like maybe blood dripping into it. Oh, that looks interesting. And I love a pink. Oh, that's exciting. I love a pink cover. So, ooh, some more more Nordic horror on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> I also meant to read The Resting Place by Camilla Sten, too. Seems like someone to watch. Yeah. That's the one about um, the person with like face that. blindness. Like, they don't remember. Yeah. And I mean, John um, Jona Evidel Lindquist has a ton of titles. I have yeah. Little Star by him on my shelf which i started that is like kind of creepy kid yeah or and then harbor which is yeah, like I heard about that. Mm -hmm. and i think he has a short story collection where oscar and ellie are featured in one of the stories so you yeah. kind of see like where they are after the events of the book yes i think that's the one called is it paper walls something like that that's a great question it is called paper walls in okay. swedish and norwegian but i don't know if the translation is okay so here it's translated as let the old dreams die oh okay all right interesting okay. why not paper walls yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> all right well are we ready to talk chilling obsessions yes because i want to talk about this <laughs> Yeah. 
So my chilling obsession is without a doubt the new season of True Detective called The Night Country. Yes. Have you watched other seasons of True Detective? I wa- uh I watched the first and the third. Okay. Um I didn't I couldn't get into the second, but I like both of them. Yeah. I somehow have not even though it is 100% something i would love i don't know it's one of those shows that i just never started but um i saw people talking about this and i was like you know they all seem like standalone seasons so i think i can just Mm -hmm. jump right into this oh yeah i am loving it oh my gosh yeah i mean they're all separate stories Mm -hmm. so absolutely you can jump into you know either one um but what i really like about my country is that I had no idea going in, but this this is horror. It leans into horror in a big way. I mean, it's set to um, Alaska during their days of night um, over Christmas, and um, I mean, you you know, of course, because you've seen it. But just for anyone who hasn't watched it, it's a crime. It's a noir crime drama, and a. It mixes so well with horror and the supernatural. So you follow these two investigators who um, investigate the disappearance of six or eight um, scientists who go missing just like that from the research station in the Arctic. Like no one has any idea. Like their their sandwiches are still on the counter, the TV is still on, playing the same movie over and over again like no one has any idea what happened to them so this is the first episode and it becomes clear that there is something supernatural there is something you know malevolent happening man it was good did you know going in that it would be that much of a horror thing no i didn't um and yeah, in the first episode, I'm like, this is 30 Days of Night meets Alien meets The yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a police procedural on top of yes. it. Um, and I know people have been divided on this, but I have really loved the music choices in this. Yeah. Um, yes. Like when they go to the the lab or the, the station where the scientists are staying, the DVD keeps playing the same scene over and over yeah. again and it's it's ferris bueller you know mm-hmm. at the parade and so just the juxtaposition of this like eerie yes. empty scene with this like jovial music and people dancing yeah. just makes yeah. it so creepy and then yeah you mentioned that it's set um at christmas and in the second episode I don't want to give anything away, but you know, there's like a horrifying thing that they they mm. discover, and then it just cuts to like the town and the Beach Boys' little Saint Nick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Just like, it's it was funny. very cute. Like, yeah, like all these all these like colored Christmas lights. Yeah, everywhere it's all very festive and cute. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's like reminding cool. you, like, oh yeah, this is all happening the week of yeah. Christmas. Um, yeah. And then yeah, the two investigators, one of them is convinced that this is related to a case that's kind of like her white whale. It was the murder of this activist indigenous woman um, that she was not able to 
to solve. And so getting all those threads together and then mm. there's this mine in the town that is funding the town. It's the financial lifeblood of the town, but there's also all these activists that are mad about the potential environmental effects and the poisoning mm. the water and just I just yeah. it getting you there's just so much. It's just getting into all these things and so many layers. I really liked it. And um I think I mean Jodie Foster is this good in everything. But she is really good in this as well. She's um she is looking after I think it is the daughter of her previous husband. Mm-hmm. There's there's some kind of you know, he's died, she's looking after her. Yeah. There are like, you know, issues between the two. He's really good. And also she didn't have a lot of screen time so far, the two episodes that have been dropped, but um, Fiona Shaw, yeah. who played Harry Potter's aunt in the movies, she's very good. I, I, I get really excited when Fiona Shaw's in stuff. She's great. Yeah. She was great in Fleabag. Just any time she shows up. <laughs> yeah. She was in Andor as well. The, the I heard Wars. that. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely check out um true detective of the night country it's very very good well the second tradition we have on the show is to ask our guests for a final girl song yep i was thinking about this and i pretty quickly landed on a song just because we're talking about nordic horror today um i landed on a song by uh Norwegian metal band. Uh, it is Blutöst by Kvärdetak, which um, me- uh, the title of the song means bloodthirst, or a thirst for blood. Um, and the name of the band is Chokehold. Okay. So already you're kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. That it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. It's very good. <laughs> it gets your blood up. Um, the so what I imagine like in a or final girl is that this would be the the point in the movie she has been you know um hunted by the slasher she's been terrified she's been hiding she's been attacked you know tried to survive lost friends whatever this is a point where she just lets all of like you know society's expectations of what she should be um lets them drop right and she just goes berserk on this person who has hurt her basically um and then you play this song and i think it's perfect oh yeah and don't worry about the fact that there's singing in norwegian because i'm norwegian i can't understand what they're saying so that's okay that's fine you can get into it anyway. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a vibe that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like a vibe for sure. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. where can people find you online? So I am on Instagram at ambuilder, which is A-M-B-I-L-D-E-R. Uh, a lot of pictures of books. Mostly books, but also, you know, food, stuff that I like, you know, anything. And also I wanted to mention that I am going to, um, the list that I compiled of Nordic 
horror books with an English translation, I'm going to post that list in my stories highlights on that account. So if anyone's interested in the other books that I found, um, you know, searching the internet or Nordic horror, um, you can find it in the story highlights. Ooh. Good. I'm sure people will be interested in that. So you, yeah, you compiled quite a list. I was like, wow, I did not know there That's was this huge. much. I didn't either. Like, I couldn't find like a proper um, complete list of Nordic horror online. So I, I searched like so many variations of like words and phrases. But it turned out just with an English translation, it turned out I actually found like twenty five titles, and that doesn't include like you know. Though I'm sure there were more, like just yeah, like Yonavi, the linguist, has plenty, but I included two from him, and you know. But anyway, twenty five titles is plenty to start with. Yeah, so I'm gonna post that. All right, perfect. That'll be a great resource. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come here and talk to me about all things Nordic horror. Thank you. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Instagram and threads and TikTok at Books in the Freezer or send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes will be at booksinthefreezer.com where you will find links to all of the books mentioned in this episode and a list of the movies mentioned as well. I had a listener reach out and ask that the movies mentioned be included in the show notes. So that will be there along with all the books. If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways you can do that. One of them is to become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash books in the freezer, where there is a one, three, and a $5 level of support. If you go to the show notes, there is also a link to merch and a list of affiliate links. So any of those would be a financial help to the podcast. But if you are looking for a free way to support the show, simply leaving a review on a site like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or even just interacting on Spotify with the Q&A features is helpful. And honestly, sometimes it's just nice to have the feedback. I'm Stephanie. Thank you for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. (laughs) 